You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Revelation 2.1 To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, The words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven gold lampstands, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my name's sake, and you have not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. This is what we talked about last week, church. We talked about how we must return to our first love in this season and do the works that we did at first. And what was that? What were these works that we did at first? It was simple. There was no complexity in it. It was worship and prayer. I often think about this as I'm raising kids. These, these kids come into the world and there's, there's nothing wrong with them. They're, they're blameless. They don't know doubt. They don't know fear. They don't know disobedience. They don't, they, don't, they don't know anything but what I display for them. Right? And if I display for them a faithful God, and if I stand in this place of yes to Him all the days of my life, before their eyes, what will they only know as an answer to the Lord when He calls them? He will, they will only know yes because I will not have introduced them to no. And they will continue to step into the full things that He has for them. And if I operate before them in prayer and worship, these are things that they will not abandon. And that's what we have done at First Church. We, we pursued these things. We loved Him and we ran after Him. We longed for His presence. And in that place, we know that faith grows. In Ephesians 2, it talks about how it is a gift of faith that we even can believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It is not by any works that no man may boast. None of us earned our salvation, and none of us arrived without the presence of God to this place where we recognize that I need Jesus. He led us, each and every one of us, to that place. Amen? Amen. And in that place was the first gift of faith. So we know that faith grows through encounter, and we are entering a time, church, of great faith, where great faith is required of this house and the people that gather in it. Great faith is required of you. But how can you have great faith if we have no relationship? If we have no encounter, how can there be great faith? And that's what we talked about last week, this need to dive in deeper into our encounter, into our relationship with God. All we have to do is seek Him, pursue Him. He says, if you seek, you will find. If you knock, it will be open to you. Church, you are made to do these very things. All of us, all things are made for Him and through Him. Amen? All things. And guess who's included in the all things? Jay, just Jay. (laughs) All of you, good luck. Jay's the only one figured it out. No, all of us are included in the all things. All of us are made for Him. Your destiny. Church, just hear this for a second. This is, I don't know why this is a taboo topic. I don't know why people get, they kind of, they cringe a little bit when I say these things. Um, But your destiny is found in the presence of God because if you are made for Him, the purpose in your life, guess where that's going to be found? In Him. Does that not seem very logical? It seems incredibly logical. 
But we like to think that my destiny is found when I find it. No, your destiny is held within him. And if you would just step into him, you'll find your destiny. So then we come to this very natural question, why would we, why would we leave? If everything that I was ever made for, if every question I could ever have about my life and what it's to look like are found in the presence of God, why step out of it? If everything I need for each and every day is found in His presence, why step out of the presence of God? He never leaves us, so why do we? And we talked about this last week. We will not be that anymore. This church, this house, the people that gather here, we will be a people who fix our eyes upon Him. Amen? We are made for an ever-increasing glory, church, but this can only be found in Him. So we must seek. We must do what we did at first. We must pray. We must worship. Have a never-ending conversation and abandon yourself in pursuit of Him. Amen? Now, church, this is a... I was trying to figure out the words for this sermon this morning because it's not, it's not really a sermon. Um, and when I say I was trying to find the words, I still haven't found them. So you just hang with me as I stumble around and confuse you before we get started. Um, it's not a word as far as a teaching. It's, it, this is more of a reminder. And this is more of a recognition of highlighting something that we can easily overlook. Does that make sense? I, I, I find this often. Uh, Randy started us on this path several years ago where we, would, we were examining passages of Scripture that we have probably... If you grew up in the church, you read it a thousand times, over and over and over again. And then he would begin to break down these passages in a way that we have never heard before and recognizing the full weight of what this word was saying. You guys remember these times that we entered into this? And I, 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 I've, never, I've never stopped. The, the Lord opened up something through Randy's teachings that we could see with fresh eyes as we read Scripture. And, and we're doing that now. And we're doing that today. The Lord has a new thing to say, but it's something that we, it's, it's, it's something that's always been there. It's something that should have been obvious the entire time, but we've heard it so often or we've thought it should be normal, it should be there, and we've overlooked it. Does that make sense? Okay, good, because I, I was just winging it. He has said, the Lord has said to increase our faith. And, the, and let me be clear, the Lord has said that for this season, it is necessary that we have a surplus of faith. That we could come to this place. We could come to a circumstance that requires great faith and would require our yes. And our yes would come without hesitancy, without delay, without any doubt, fear, struggle, or turmoil, or strife. That our yes would be immediate because the faith would far outweigh any circumstance we would ever find ourselves in. You hear what I'm saying? That's what the Lord has asked of us, that we would trust Him without borders, that even though I may not understand it, I would know the nature of God is for me and not against me. He has established provision ahead of me, and I'll say yes because I know His nature. I may not know what He's leading us into. I may not fully understand it, but we say yes. We are, we are doing new and crazy things here in this house, church. And we are doing it. We talked about this in Sunday school. We are doing... We are... We are building things and we are taking on new things in obedience to God, but you would think that this place would be blowing up with the advanced... I mean, we're currently... Steve worked all week on, on building stuff so that we can soundproof this room so that goes away, uh, that we could have a better quality of sound, a better quality of worship. We're going to upgrade our camera so that the live stream is better. We're, we're taking on a, a 
a whole new venture in, in starting a daycare and doing these things for, to love on this community. We are s- stepping into things. And if you just were an outsider looking in, you'd be like, why are they doing all that? Because they'd come in on Sunday and be like, I expected more. Right? But the Lord is calling us into bigger and better things. And I, I'm telling you right now, I am, I, am, I am your pastor. I meant to have all the vision, everything figured out. I, I, I am clueless as to why the Lord is calling us into these things. Okay, just accept it. Don't be mad at me, but I, my understanding is about this big. I see about this much. I have no full understanding of what the Lord is calling us into, and how can we? The Lord is bigger and far beyond anything that we could ever understand. When the Lord called Sarah and I out here to Sundown, Texas, I did not expect it to affect my family 10, 12 hours away from us, but it has. It has drastically transformed their lives. And this is what the Lord is is doing today. He is calling us into a season that requires great faith because there will not always be great understanding. Do you see what I'm saying? You may look at a situation and not understand and say, Lord, why are we here? You led us here. Why are we here? But He has not said that I need you to have understanding. He has said I need you to have trust without borders. Has He not? He has not, the second we sang that song, I don't know, what was it, four or five weeks ago? Oceans? That's it. We sang it. I know this song. I know what it's called. Um, We sang that song, the Lord has not allowed that phrase to leave me. Trust without borders. And it is important, and every Sunday since, I I have mentioned that at least once, that we are to have trust without borders. And that means a trust that is not based on my limited understanding. Amen? Amen. That we would trust His nature above all else. This is what He's calling us into and He's asking us to increase our faith. That every yes to Him would be an easy one. And I desire every yes to God to be an easy one. How many of you really enjoy the wrestling with saying yes to God and the turmoil that comes when you're trying to get yourself to this place where you can say yes? I've never enjoyed it, personally. The turmoil of fighting against what the Lord would have for me. So why even do it? Let's pursue Him in such a way that we get to these places where a great yes is required and a great yes is easily offered from us. Faith is found in His presence. And also, all we want to see in this community is found in His presence. Carrie, will you come up here, please? Carrie shared a vision last week. And before we move on, I was going to share it, but it's not mine. I would rather her share it. This has massive implications. For It's just very clearing. You want understanding in what the Lord is doing. This vision offers understanding. She's going to speak this again really quick, and then we're going to move on with the lesson. It's necessary. Yeah, so this is two weeks ago, and... Um... It was, I was in Austin meeting up with some colleagues, and uh, I just had started playing worship music, um, and all, like, I started to get overwhelmed by the Lord and His goodness and His love, and just like went full, full on into worship, and He showed me this vision of, um, I had my hands raised, I was stomping my feet, and um, He showed me this vision where the ground was dry, and um, like so dry that water can't even sink into and penetrate down into the soil. Um, he just showed me like the stomping of feet, cracking the ground, so that all of a sudden there were cracks, right? Cracks all across the land. Um, 
and a super hard land was being broken and light could sink down through. In the recording, I just read John 17, 20 through 26. So just pause and do that. Church, it's important that we recognize this reality that the last thing that Jesus was praying for was that we would be unified. That what we would put on display is the unity that is found between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That we would put on that same unity and put on display that same unity for the world to see. That's an important thing. It's one of those things, again, that we can read very quickly and totally miss and overlook it. But this is so important. We must be unified with him. And then comes unity in the body. And then comes unity for a community. And ever expanding it goes. We talked about this several weeks ago, that when the Lord creates, when the Lord speaks something into existence, when does it cease to grow and expand? It never does. It never has. Since the first day and the first night was created, when has it ceased? When has that sun ceased to rise and set? It has not. Because when the Lord speaks, it continues. It moves forward and it expands. And when the Lord speaks that we would be unified and prays that we would be unified with him first and then each other, What happens? We're unified with him, then we're unified with each other, and then an entire community finds unity because a few were unified with Jesus first. John 15, verse seven. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, So have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. To be unified with him, we must say yes to what he has called called you to before he calls. Just think about that for a second. Can we exist? Oftentimes we make a decision of saying yes when the decision comes before us. But we've talked several times over the last several years about having a yes that exists in our hearts each and every day. And so what that looks like is that we would come to the moment where a yes is required and a yes is already present. We don't have to stop and make the decision to choose what Jesus would have us have us do and have us step into, it would already be yes. And we would just move without even hesitation. Again, what would it have looked like as the Israelites stood on the shore, knowing that the Lord had called them out, not to abandon them at the shore so that Egypt could destroy them, but they just said yes to what the Lord had and just continued to move forward as he commanded them. What would that moment have looked like? Would he he have even parted the Red Sea? Or would this army just appear and look at thousands of people standing upon the water? That would have been scary. I mean, the whole situation was scary for the Egyptians, I'm sure. Because the water was split and then it came on them. That was probably not cool. Um, But to be unified with him. We can be in this place, we can arrive in this place and say yes to what he has called us to before he calls, abandoning ourself in pursuit of him. And in that place, we will be united with him. But we cannot be united with him if I am pursuing myself and then him. 
if I'm pursuing what I want and then what he wants. There's this song called Fountains, and the, the, the main line, is it, line in it is that all my fountains are in you. Everything in his life that has worth, that has life, that has value, is found in Jesus. Can that be said about us? That everything in my story that I hold of great value and I hold dearly onto and that I pursue each and every day is found in the heart of God for me and for us. When we find ourselves united with him, then there will be unity in the body. Anything we desire to see corporately must first happen individually. So if I desire to see unity in this room, there must be unity in my heart with him. Amen. John 13, verse 31. And when he had gone out, Jesus said, now this, the son of man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. As we are unified with him, his love flows in and out of those around us and we have unity in the body. But how does this impact our community? Turn with me to Acts 2, 42 through 47. The Lord has highlighted all of these things for us that we could see these things play out in scripture, that we would understand what he's calling us into, that we could have greater understanding because these are things that he has promised to do. If you do this, then this comes and then this is the result. And this is, we see this play out in Acts 42 through 47. This is the first glimpse of the Christian church as people have first received the spirit of God, the forgiveness of their sins. They've stepped into all that Jesus established for his people to step into. Verse 42, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. And all came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. Remember the vision that we just heard. I would encourage you to write it down somewhere to re re reflect on it often. Our pursuit and our obedience to him individually first and then corporately in this house. That is what will break the ground. Not taking a shovel or a pickaxe. I'm telling you right now, I've, we've had snowfall. There is ground on my property that I would break shovels. Every tool there is, I would, I would shatter it just trying to break this ground. It is impossible to break. And I am looking upon a community. Hear me, church. I often look upon a community and I see a people, not just sundown Texas. I'm talking about West Texas and Texas and the United States. I see a people who have rejected him. And we oftentimes have found ourselves in that group. Don't dismiss it. 
We have been those as well who have dismissed him and rejected what he has called us to do. And I look at what he is saying that he wants to do in Sundown, Texas, and it is impossible to my perspective, to my viewpoint, to what I, the limited things that I can see. I don't know how he breaks the ground. And I can come up with great ideas. We can figure out stuff. We can go to Danny's shop and get all his big tools and do everything we want to do to try to break this ground, but it will not make a difference. What has the Lord said will make the difference, will allow the Spirit of God to water this soil, to water this land, and transform it into a place, an oasis. An oasis does not belong in the desert, but there exists nonetheless. And the Lord has called that this place would be an oasis in the desert. It would thrive, it would flourish where it should not and when it should not. Amen? That is what the Lord has called us into. That is what the Lord has said about sundown Texas. And what has he said to do? He has said to pursue him, worship him, engage with him personally. He has not said, go stand on the street corner and tell, make sure everybody in sundown knows that you're a Christian. He's not said, I need you to sit down and I need you to recite a new scripture each and every day. I need, you to, I need you to read the Bible from cover to cover. That's not what he said. He didn't say, join a new Bible study group. He said, pursue me. Seek and find, knock, and it will be opened. Engage, church, we just need to engage with him again. And if you don't know how, he's given us the tools. Just start by praying and just start by worshiping in your room, in a place where no one sees. It does not matter. It doesn't need to be put on display, but engage him, worship in him, worship with him completely and totally in freedom. Our pursuit of him, our obedience to him is what will break the ground. The rejoicing, the jumping up and down in praise and the monstrous steps of obedience, even if it seems like the smallest little thing, the smallest little act of obedience, I'm telling you, it has massive impacts, massive implications. Again, it's this pebble dropped in a still body of water. It doesn't matter how big that pebble was, those ripples are going to increase no matter what, right? It does not matter how big or how small those ripples are going to increase. That initial impact may be small, but what the Lord does with it will expand and expand because that's the nature of God. When he speaks, it, it expands. And saying yes, our yes is like a clash of thunder. When we say yes to God, the world shakes because it is tilted in favor of the kingdom of heaven because someone else has said yes to what the Lord is leading them into. It's powerful. All this is what shakes and breaks the ground that an oasis may spring forth. Unity with Jesus is key. And so I'd ask you, where in your life are you in disagreement with him? Where in your life is there a lack of unity? He has never let you down. I can, I can guarantee this. He has never let you down. He's never let me down. He is beyond faithful. He works all things for good. And can we come into this place of yes with him, knowing that about his nature? That he is working for you, not against you. And he has led this house into the season that we're in right now with you in mind. 
he has, he, he has called Sarah and I to pastor this church with you in mind. They will be able to stand. They will be able to operate in the vision that I've called them to operate in because they will have these people in here that stand with us, right? What's the vision that the Lord gave me at the very beginning to make sure I understood what this anointing of pastorship would be here? Is that I would not be in front of you leading you and you following behind, but that we would be hand in hand walking together in perfect unity. And that is what this community desperately needs to see. But how can that be if I am not first walking hand in hand with Jesus? Unified with him in every aspect of everything that he's leading me into, even if I lack understanding. It is okay to lack understanding. He's the creator of the universe. It's natural to lack understanding to not know exactly how this is going to pan out, what it's going to look like, but to just trust him without borders and allow him to lead us and continue to say yes, say yes to him each and every day and walk in unity in every aspect of our story. Church, this has been a, this has been a weird morning for me. Uh, it seems like at every, every step I've, had to kind of step over something that has sought to make me stumble. We were playing drums, um, or I, I was playing drums, not we. I don't have multiple personalities, just me playing drums by myself this morning. And I lost a stick. Did anybody notice? Right on. Still a rock star. Not really. Um, my, two of my drums just like fell off their stand. So like I'm playing this and I'm like tightening stuff and doing it all by myself and Jay didn't even notice. So I think I did all right, but I'm just I'm, so I'm sitting there. I'm like flustered, um, and then the mic stops working and so it's trying to throw me off my game a little bit this morning, and it's so funny. These things never happen. This this pack has got batteries. It's got a green light on, but for some reason it stopped working. Those drums have been set up and fine for months. And all of a sudden, they just fall apart today. And it, these are little things. Now, I'm not giving the enemy any credit here, but things that are just trying to deter us from the focus of what the Lord is trying to establish this morning, and that is unity in the body with Jesus. I'm telling you right now, the key to everything, I, this is the key to everything ahead of us. You... We are entering into amazing and powerful things as a church, but the key, we will not see these things if we as the body do not step into a place of unity with Jesus individually right now in every aspect of my story. Not just in the, not just in the aspects of my story that are conf convenient to be unified with God, but also the places in your story that require something of us. Require us to get used to living a little uncomfortably by the world's standards because we serve the God of comfort. So how uncomfortable can we really get? But church, I'm, I, this is important. Please hear this. What comes next requires that you and I are hand in hand. That whatever would crash against us would not break us from holding on to one another. But that cannot be, that cannot come to fruition. And we are standing on the edge of these things coming to fruition. It cannot happen if I am not unified with Jesus in my own story first.
and then we will see. It's not like we need to practice or anything to see unity in here. If you are unified in your life with Jesus, you will enter this room and you will be unified with one another. Amen? We see it in Acts 42 through 47. These people devoted themselves to each other, to spending time together, to pursuing the Lord together. And what happened? They had favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day, those that were being saved, not because they led a really good outreach program, not because they stood on the street corner with really pretty signs, but because they stood together and they pursued God as one body, one people. And in that place, the Lord blessed a community around them. Everything we desire to see in Sundown, Texas. There are some of you that have prayed for these things for years and years and years and years. There are some of you in here that have prayed for the great things of Sundown, the great things of the kingdom of heaven to reign over Sundown longer than I've been alive. There there are those in here that have lived here longer than 32 years. I've only been here eight. You have prayed for these things. You have interceded for this community. And the things that you have prayed for, for 10, 20, 30 plus years, are held in this reality of us being unified with Jesus. And then us being unified together. And the Lord says he will release these things from that place. It is the natural cause and effect of walking with the Lord. So that is my prayer this morning. As we enter just a a closing time of worship, my prayer is that you would allow the Lord to show you any aspect of your story where you are not united with Jesus completely and totally and allow him to do a work in you that you could be completely and totally unified with him. It does not require your, your understanding. You may, be, you may not be unified with him because you just don't know how he can do what you need him to do. But I'm telling you right now, I didn't know what my family needed when we moved out here. I didn't know that the Lord and that yes of Sarah and I moving out here would be held in that identity for each and every member of my family. It did not, you, you could not have made me make sense with that. I could not have made sense to that. Man, I can't talk today. My goodness. Thanks. Couldn't have made sense. How me moving farther than I've ever been from them would bring unity with them in the spirit of God. My father, I used to have conversations. Sorry, dad, Um, throwing you under the bus. We used to argue in the kitchen about how the Lord doesn't speak. I thought he did. Like, no, he doesn't. He doesn't need to anymore. The book of Acts ended. He didn't need to talk to us anymore. We have all we need. It's like that, dad, no, that didn't make any sense. We would argue about that. And we just agreed to disagree until he heard the Lord speak. Right? And now he's a prophet. Now, he's, now he is one who regularly hears the voice of God and then speaks it. He spoke to me in this house before I took this position that the Lord will make a new wineskin because he has new wine in store for this city. And he will not put it in an old wineskin. He's making a new one. All of that was held in the decision to move further away from them than I ever have been. In pursuit of God. I'm telling you right now, your yes to him has implications 
and will affect the people in your life and the people around you beyond anything you can comprehend, see, or measure. And it will come when you least expect it. And it will be beautiful. It will be beautiful. It is beautiful to watch a family of people who are my my siblings now raising their own children, knowing that they know who the Lord has called them to be. And now there's another generation of kids that's going to grow up only knowing who the Lord has called them to be. All held within a decision that did not, that you would not think had anything to do with them. That is what the Lord has asked of us. That we would say yes, even when we don't understand it, even when it doesn't make sense, that we would say yes, we would be united with Jesus no matter what the cost, no matter how uncomfortable it makes us, we would just say yes because his nature I know is better than anything I could ever imagine for myself. What he has in store for us is greater far greater than anything I could ever comprehend or make happen in my own story. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.